Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Amuse. This is episode four. Uh, so, <laughs> let me just um, cut through all of the pleasantries here. Episode three was ten months ago. This podcast has been coming out uh, the, with the with the frequency of roughly one episode per year. I vowed to change that. I'm pretty sure I vowed to change that at the end of both the last episode and the episode prior to that. Um, The last one was 10 months ago, so we're getting a little warmer. (laughs) Um, I was hoping to bring it out about once a month. That was the intention. Much like Screens and Streams, which is my other podcast with my good friend Tristan, all about TV and movies. That is uh, actually currently also on hiatus because of this whole COVID-19 situation. Speaking of which, I hope everybody is staying safe out there in quarantine and and doing well. And, uh, you know, washing your hands and uh, maintaining social distancing. Uh, But yeah, uh, I guess something that I mentioned at the, the end of the last podcast was that I wanted the frequency to increase... And that uh, I had an idea to finally... Well, I finally had an idea. Truthfully, this has, podcast has never had any <laughs> direction, really. Uh, and I kind of thought that maybe uh, I could shift it towards an artist interview format. And I started reaching out to the, uh, I guess, media relations and PR people of a bunch of different artists that I was a fan of. People who were sort of not like crazy high-level celebrities who are probably getting a million dms on twitter a day and getting emails to their publisher every other minute uh sorry to their you know promoter or media or whoever it is just people who are a bit more attainable people who i'd already established a response and rapport with whether it was on instagram or 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 through twitter uh, and dms and stuff like that or or emailing their you know their their media person uh and I was really close. I think one of them was really close to materializing, and it just didn't. And I realized, you know what? I, I need to just grow this podcast in another way um, by maybe not caring so much about it. And that seems kind of counterproductive. But uh, the fact is, before this whole idea for having a bunch of interviews came to mind, I had like episode ideas for like three or four different episode ideas that I could maybe cover, uh, aside from just album reviews, because number one, that would probably get boring, uh, and number two, uh, I haven't really sat down and listened to any of the albums that I've wanted to review, and they go far back, they go as far back as, you know, probably a couple years ago, maybe around the second episode (laughs) of this podcast, um, because I like to, you know, sit with an album. If I if it's a brand new album and I want to listen to it, I want to put on some good headphones and, you know, sit in a nice chair or lie down and listen to it and take it in and, and sort of process it that way. And uh, it would probably be very healthy for me to do more things like that, but I really haven't. So I don't want to make this a super long-winded intro. I want to get into this. What I am going to try to do, and hopefully more frequently, I'm not going to put a timeline on it because that's just going to um, probably suck the fun out of it and make me you know, less likely to follow that timeline, but I'm going to maybe try to adhere to some of these uh, episode ideas that I had uh, for the podcast initially over the last little while, and uh, I've actually been scripting stuff. Uh, so 
this is going to be a bit more, it's going to be a bit shorter in general than the last few episodes were. And, uh, you know, I think that's a good thing. They'll be a bit more bite-sized. And yeah, this is a, this is going to be a scripted, the first in a sort of scripted series. Maybe I'm just going to continue doing the podcast like this for the foreseeable future. But, uh, this is about something that I've had an interest in and, um, it's sort of, uh, vocal frequency and how we gravitate to vocal frequency. Basically, I just sort of noticed that over the last little while, my preferences have shifted, uh, in music to female vocalists. And I wondered why that was. And I went out and started searching for the answer. And, um, this is what I came up with. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. This is the sort of science of vocal frequencies. It always seemed like an innate fact to me that men prefer female vocalists. But a list of the top-selling artists and musicians of the last few decades would do a lot to disprove that point. But in researching this, I found that it was true of a lot of men, myself included, that they just prefer a female voice in music. So why? Why is that true for us? What's the science behind it? Some would argue that the way that music is structured and has been structured throughout history make it feel more natural to just gravitate to a higher voice in general, regardless of whether it's a female voice or not. Thinking about it in the terms of acoustic frequencies, there's a through line in music of a melody with an accompaniment. The higher pitched melody or vocal is supported by the lower pitched accompaniment or instrument. And that's true of a lot of things in music today. Think about the wailing guitar solo over the low chugging blues progression. The chimey sounding synth lines of new wave music just dancing over those low warbly bass lines like a really cool Moog bass or something. Think about the glam rock of the 70s. Or hell, you know what? Just many of the big rock and roll bands from that era in general. The operatic crescendos of Queen's Freddie Mercury. Robert Plant's soaring vocals in some of those Led Zeppelin classics and the arguable cream of the crop when it comes to the high-voiced male vocalist-led rock bands? Well, that comes from Toronto's own Rush and the distinct wail of Getty Lee. And the men who hold high places must be the ones who start to mold a new reality closer to the heart Closer to the heart Blacksmith Okay, so we've arrived at a place where it seems that the preference lies not necessarily in female vocalists, but just in higher-pitched vocals in general, right? Well, not exactly. A lot of the evidence I found on this was anecdotal, circumstantial. In fact, asking the question online just led me to a series of forums and message boards where the same question was being asked, and answers, of course, varied drastically. The closest I came to any concrete answers were from a few different studies. 
conducted in 2013 by University College London, linked vocal frequency to body size. What does that mean? Well, here it is, and take from this what you will. Among a sample of 32 participants, high-pitched female voices were found to be attractive because they indicated the speaker had a small body. Deep male voices, on the other hand, were judged as more attractive because they conveyed that the speaker had a large frame. But both were found to be most attractive when tempered by just a touch of breathiness, suggesting the speaker had a low level of aggression. Okay, so it all roots back to physical attraction in the end? Not quite the answer I was looking for, but interesting nonetheless. Okay, how about this one from 2012 from the Public Library of Science? This study was focused on how vocal pitch relates to how we perceive people in leadership roles. Let's assume for our purposes that the leadership role in question is that of a pop star or the front person of your favorite band. It says, male and female leaders with lower pitched or masculine voices are generally preferred by both men and women. We asked whether this preference shifts to favor higher pitch or feminine voices within the specific context of leadership positions that are typically held by women. In hypothetical elections for two such positions, men and women listened to pairs of male and female voices that differed only in pitch, and they were asked which of each pair they would vote for. Both men and women preferred female candidates with masculine voices. Likewise, men preferred men with masculine voices. Women, however, did not discriminate between male voices. Huh interesting as well. And maybe closer to the answer that I was looking for. But this study also went on to corroborate the findings of the last one, that vocal frequency leads to a perception of physicality, right down to the size of the larynx. The masculine voice has long been perceived as more attractive, physically stronger, socially dominant, whether that masculine voice belongs to a male or a female. Which kind of brings up an interesting point about my own personal preferences. I mean, just when I started to believe that gravitating to higher-pitched female vocalists was not innate, the opposite of my original point, by the way, I started to think about some of the female vocalists that I've come to enjoy over the last few years. Some of them have what may be perceived as atypical vocal styles for a female. These are artists like Tristan Prettyman or... Nora Jones. I'll go back to Manhattan as if nothing ever happened. Don't have to speak at all. I won't look in your Speak at all. 
Okay, since we're slowly coming back around to looking at my initial point here, and let's face it, I'll make any excuse to make this whole thing about me again, here's an interesting psychoanalysis of what may be happening here for me and other like-minded appreciators of female vocalists. By the way, no surprise here, it comes right back down to attraction. The sound of a female voice may be, to me, a heterosexual male, just innately more attractive. On the other hand, the male vocal may seem more threatening. The act of singing, and uh, I know this from experience, requires discipline, lung capacity, a certain amount of physical prowess. Huh. Come to think of it, that might be why I'm so jealous of really good male vocalists. But that right there is also the reason why this whole argument falls flat on its face. Because... Yeah, I was being sort of facetious when I said that I was jealous of these male vocalists. In fact, I have just as much respect and admiration for them as any of the female singers I've mentioned. But some of them have what could technically be classified as female voices. Typically, male vocalists will be classified with the tenor, baritone, or bass voice type, occasionally reaching up into falsetto to sort of fake that higher register, as it were. Imagine the range of frequencies in the harmonious vocals of a barbershop quartet. That's sort of what I'm referring to. But the vocal range of some of these guys that I'm <clears throat> jealous of breaks that mold a little bit. Guys like Alan Stone, Brandon Boyd from Incubus, and, uh, well, this guy. <laughs> That was Mr. Curiosity by Jason Mraz. And yes, those operatic vocals were all him. He is definitely reaching up into his soprano, technically classified as a female voice type uh, for that particular song. Speaking of which, opera, especially earlier on, tended to focus a bit more on the female voice. And speaking of earlier on... Being a singer, in general, was one of the very first vocations in the world of music that women began making their way into. And take a look at music now, specifically Western music. Male musicians and singers still outnumber females, but look at the way that they're both marketed, particularly the pop stars. I mean, it's kind of hard for raw attraction not to factor in when the look is half the battle. Okay, but before I get too deep into the gender relations and psychological construct portion of the vocal frequency conversation. Whew, that could probably be an entire podcast all by itself. Now, I want to bring the focus back to what this podcast is supposedly about, music. Over the last few years, I have found my personal preferences shift to female vocalists. But that statement alone could very well be yet another generalization. What are the elements of the songs that I find myself listening to that make them pleasing to the ear? 
What's the commonality in the type of chords used, the instrumentation, the tempo? What is it that my brain is saying beyond, ooh, pretty voice, that is making me enjoy the music that I enjoy? For all the time and effort I've spent trying to figure out what it is about these particular vocal frequencies that I'm so enamored with, I realized something. The formal studies I found on vocal frequency and pitch related more to attraction and dominance. Factoring music into the equation complicated things, and I found more people asking for answers than actual answers. I didn't think it was possible, but I think I kind of underestimated just how subjective music can be. A common question I came across was, do you prefer male vocalists or female vocalists? As I mentioned previously, the answers varied, but there was a common one. Neither. Neither vocal is better than the other. The quality of the song is what matters. And while I'm not conducting any formal studies myself, and my evidence behind those particular findings are all anecdotal as well, I'd like to think that if there is a correct answer to that question, well, that's about as close as I'm going to get. Thanks for listening. Well, folks, that does it for uh, this episode of Amuse. And hey, this is the first episode in this new scripted format. Uh, So please do let me know what you think. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, a bit shorter, and uh, it's probably better to keep these more bite-sized and digestible, because who wants to listen to me ramble for an hour? Uh... (laughs) Hey, if you did like this, you can uh, let me know on Twitter at AmusePodcast. You can uh, send me a tweet there. Or you can even email AmusePodcast at gmail.com with any feedback you might have. Let me know if you like the new format, if you think I should continue down this path, or if you've even got some topics you'd like me to cover, and maybe I'll do that. And hey, if all goes well, you guys hopefully will be hearing from me a lot sooner next time around. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe out there. Bye for now.